Hi, welcome to the Get More Students podcast. I'm your co-host, Alex Asher, CEO of LearnCube. And I'm Herbert Goza, founder of HerbertGoza.com. And today we are focused on the four must-haves of a high-converting tutoring website. Uh, basically, this is all going to be about websites and why it's, uh, well, we all have a website. Certainly, uh, mm-hmm. Herbert and I uh, really care about our websites and, and think that they're an important part of any business. But particularly, it's because all of our customers, in the end, have to go through our website one way or another. Um, one of the reasons that we felt that we could talk about this is since LearnCube, you know, we specialize in helping online language schools and, and particularly tutoring businesses uh, to grow with our virtual classroom and our online school solution. So we're constantly, you know, before every meeting that we, we have with a prospect, we're going to be looking at their website and it tells us a lot about them. And it also helps us suggest a fit. So that's just one example of a website being in, in practice. And, and it also means that we're really exposed to what tutoring companies and language companies are doing on their websites. Cause as I say, this is something that we're doing every single week, every single mm. day. Um, and the funny thing is that a lot of websites are really the same, same and are missing some really essential ingredients. And I think you'd agree on this, Herbert. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, for our uh, advertising agency, we run paid ad campaigns for language schools and tutoring companies uh, every single day. And people forget how crucial uh, your web, the website is because people go to the website after they click or after they see on an ad, see an ad. So um, we could be running the best ads, have the amazing creatives, uh, the perfect audience. But if your website doesn't provide the information um, that the prospect is looking for, if it's too slow, if it's difficult to navigate, then you've lost the sale. So getting this right is absolutely uh, crucial. Yeah, and um, we're really excited to talk about these four um, in particular. Um, and, and why? Because you know, we have our own websites, and we actually had a lot of fun just before this even pulling apart our our own websites uh, we've got some walks of shame on some uh, yeah. some aspects but we've also got some things that we do really well so uh it's it's been a really interesting conversation even leading up to this and i think you're going to really enjoy what we have in store for you so let's start again and really dig into that point you know why is a website important isn't it just a brochure and i just need to put information there and eventually people will find what they want herbert surely <laughs> Right, that's that's what you think. Just uh, put put some photos, uh, grab some photos off the internet, have you know a bunch of text about your service, and people will buy. I mean, <laughs> that, that's the goal, right? But um, it it really is so much more than that. Uh, yeah. Especially these days, your uh, online presence and your website just need to be up to scratch um, yeah. because your competitors are. Uh, putting a lot of time uh, and resources into building their building out their websites and um, increasing their online presence, so you have to keep up with them. And we talk a lot about um, marketing as well, right? Uh, around this mm-hmm. idea of like traffic and flow. Uh, I mean, the two visuals that come up are like you know a motorway or or a river, but it's actually quite true when it comes to the website because that's really the trunk of almost all of your your marketing is kind of going to lead into that that central trench at one stage. Absolutely. And I think it's really worth kind of keeping that in mind. And, and again, it sort of shows why even just small changes or small improvements can have a major mm. impact. 
mm. on every other part of your advertising um, or marketing strategy. I mean, it's the re- it's the core of what you do, and and even if you're an in-person business only, it, it's I rarely would buy a product, even when I'm in a physical store, without quickly checking on my phone, you know, you know a little bit about the web, you know, about that company, which will probably be on a website. Absolutely. Or finding out uh, their reviews, um, you know, what people are saying about this company. You know, first impressions count. Yeah. And uh, I think that's probably the best way, way to put it is it's hard. To, you, you can't make a... Um, a first impression twice. So uh, that that's one aspect. And the other aspect is simply relating to the SEO aspect as well and the rankings and those sorts of things. So getting your website correctly laid out, I think, also has a big impact on the amount of leads that you get and the amount of people that come to your website in the first in the first place. Definitely. So with that, keeping in mind that, that the website is really that anchor point, that core of what you do, it's it's really important. So what should every homepage have, Herbert? Right. I mean, the, the first thing, I, I guess, is you know when you open up a, a, a homepage, a website, you'll see a headline. And that headline should clearly explain in as little words as possible what you offer and or, you know, what are people going to get from you. Yeah. Um, and we had a look at some some tutoring websites before this, and uh, uh, all of them have have pretty good uh, headlines. Um, something like the trusted way to find a tutor, or uh, online tutoring that delivers results. So really focusing on 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 the benefits and yeah, building trust, especially when it comes to finding a tutor for your uh, child. That's right. So that's the first thing is having a headline. And I think that the second thing is there's almost always a, a sub-headline that kind of provides right. some, some context and some descriptive value to what that is. So sometimes that headline can be very kind of markety in terms of mm. like trying to hit a pain point or trying to hit an aspiration. But somewhere it needs to kind of tell you what's on the tin. And so that's usually Definitely. kind of very clear in the headline or very clear in the sub-headline. So those are the first two key things that a website or homepage in particular needs. Thirdly is the call to action. And so this is where you've got, um, you know, in, in a SaaS website like LearnCube where we're selling a virtual classroom and online school, there's a, there's a, there's a try for free kind of, so that's our kind of key call to action. Um, on your website, Herbert, what's your key call to action? My kind of the next step is for people to book a, a strategy call with myself to, so we can discuss their uh, marketing goals. So, yeah, uh, I have that button laid out multiple times throughout the website. And I think most of the tutoring and uh, and sometimes some of the language schools that we see in terms of their websites, they're typically, you know, find a tutor or there's some kind of central um, action that you're trying to make as simple and fast as possible. Like, hey, you're in the right place. Don't worry, um, the tutors are here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's what we see fairly common across most of the tutoring websites is that, you know, um, uh, or in, in a lot of language schools as well, actually, uh, they use more like a free trial. And mm-hmm. so, interestingly, I, I didn't see quite as many free trials in the tutoring space, which I thought was no. interesting. Yeah. Um, and there could be some really good reasons to that. But, but the idea is that there's a third um, thing, which is the call to action. Fourth thing is the imagery uh, or the visuals. Do you want to tell us about that, Herbert? Like, why is, why is that there? 
Right. I mean, one, uh, you want to build trust and, and show social proof that you are a real company with real students, uh, real parents, uh, having success stories, uh, you know, with, with their children. You have tutors and you know, what do those tutors look like? You know, what's yeah. the, what's their background and having these supporting images really builds on that. And, and I think just simply put, it's like, you know, a picture tells a thousand words and it totally does. Like on a sure. website, if you only had text, then that text would have to describe what it is, who you help, what it is you do, what's the result that you get. Whereas one image of a student or, or tutor or a virtual classroom or whatever that might be might give all of that information over in one glance. So that's yeah. why the fourth point is that that's supporting visual. Uh, what are the next aspects that are always in uh, a homepage, Herbert? I mean, uh, listing out your features and your benefits. You know, what uh, what are people actually getting from you and having like a checklist of things uh, that, you know, services that you provide and that people are buying. And, of course, you know, what are they getting out of it, yeah. uh, whether that be a, a better result um, on you know, for, for their grades, passing that test, uh, improving their uh, language schools, whatever that is. Yeah. yeah. And they all have a, a good navigation system as well is, is mm. the other kind of aspect that a homepage comes. Now, you might be thinking, hey, that's a lot more than four points. Now, what we're <laughs> going to do is say, hey, look, these are just the basic things. These are things that you can kind of find out about and, and aren't too difficult. Uh, and then we're going to drill more into like the four must-haves that I think give you a much better focus on what's important out of those items. Um, sure. Because the metrics are, are kind of an important thing to to um, to evaluate on what's a successful homepage and what's a successful website. In fact, uh, we we sort of dug some um, into the details, didn't we, Herbert? What was what were some of the what were the kind of key metrics that really resonated with a successful homepage? Right. Well, you want to have a look at your bounce rate. Now, um, the bounce rate is the percentage of people who leave your website without taking any further action. So they go to your homepage, uh, abctutors.com, they look at it, and then they don't go to another website, uh, so web page, they don't fill in a form or click on a free trial or whatever. Um, and, you know, the idea is to get people to stay on your website as long as possible. I mean, the longer they stay, um, stay on your website. Obviously, the, the higher um, the potential is that they convert you know, into a free trial, into a customer. And so, you know, having the points that we've already discussed and, of course, the, the next four that we're going to um, drill into um, will decrease that um, bounce rate. And so I think we, we have a look at the average bounce rate for education websites is about 60%. So just making that clear then, Herbert, so 60% of people will land on a, on a homepage, basically, you know, and, and then leave. Correct. Yeah. I, I think maybe a nuance might be they might click on any page. So, for example, they go to a website, so they might land on a different page other than the, the homepage, right? Right. So theoretically, that could be a little bit different, but you know, on average, we're talking 60% of people, out of a 1,000 people that come mm. to the Six six hundred. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> leave without doing anything. Four hundred. Yeah, 
so anything you can do that reduces that bounce rate can have remarkable uh, impacts on the total number of customers you have. Absolutely. I mean, even you know, single-digit uh, improvements can can be huge. And likewise, those. I mean, even talking about single digits, that's definitely where the conversion rates tend to hang right. out, isn't it, Herbert? Mm, definitely. And I mean, just uh, speaking from experience and having a look at the conversion rates that uh, you know we see uh, for our clients, it, it kind of hovers anywhere between one to two percent. Now we're talking about uh, you know a conversion being kind of any form of action yeah. that someone takes on the website. So usually that's filling in the contact form, um, booking a free trial or actually registering for a course or some tutoring lessons. Um, so we group that all together. And so, you know, one to two percent is average. Obviously anything above two percent is ideal. Yeah, and it's interesting when you listen to those numbers, they don't seem particularly A, they seem very small, but secondly right. they 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 seem very close, you know, one or two percent, but mm. they're different. They're two oh. percent is twice as many as one percent, and I think it's double, right? So, so <laughs> those one hundred percent better performance. Yeah, so it's the difference between out of every hundred customers that come to your website, if sixty if sixty of of those hundred leave you, that leaves you forty. Um, so if you've got a one percent conversion rate, is that of the? Yeah, it's of all of them, right? So that's one that one out of a hundred. Would versus two, <laughs> and if you multiply yeah. those numbers up by into the thousands, you know those numbers can become really, really different. And one's a really great number, and one's uh, mm-hmm. an unhappy number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can be very significant. So um, anything that you can do to improve your conversion rate um, by keeping people on your website, um, educating them, informing them, inspiring them. Uh, and that brings us on to our four must-haves because we, I mean, you can kind of probably split this out in lots of different ways, but there were four things that really stood out to us, uh, particularly when we were observing all of these other tutoring companies and language mm. companies, um, looking at our own. <laughs> um, we also see, see the same things that we really need to, to have in every website. And the first one is having very clear, simple language, number one. It's also got to be written for humans, right? So this is one of the exactly. other things that yeah. I think is is, is quite uh, easy to, to mistake. Is you're like, oh, how many keywords can I put into my headlines mm-hmm. and my front page, and, and you kind of miss the point. Mm. Or how professional can I sound with a lot of um, technical words and jargon, um, and that that uh, can really defeat the purpose. And if you confuse people, uh, that, you know, that's something you don't want to do, is to confuse any of your prospects. Um, so by keeping it casual and conversational, writing the way you speak, and um, you know, a good kind of benchmark is to write your website text at an elementary school level. Um, that level sees the highest conversion rates. Um, and there's actually a tool that you can uh, use to test the readability of your website um, for all, all the listeners. Uh, um, so if you go to webfx.com uh, to tools and readability, then you'll be able to plug in your website and you'll get a score of how readable your website is. I think that's a fantastic tool. That's great. So just that in bit is actually readable, uh, read hyphen a But anyway, 
You'll find it there. Um, but one of the things that's great about that is, yeah, I think you'd be quite surprised, particularly if you think about educators. Sometimes a lot of educators are like, ah, oh, you know, I want to sound smart and sound clever. Sorry. Exactly. Same thing on a website. People don't want to think. You literally have like a few seconds to, to make an impression. And if you have this long uh, block of text uh, in you know, at the front of your web page, then people aren't just going to aren't going to read it. Um, so having that clear headline, a very uh, precise subheadline as well. Yeah, it is a good place to start. And then you can have some more um, text at the bottom, ex- maybe explaining the service or the programs or the courses, whatever. Yeah. So one one other tip, though, with that is is do include your primary keywords in either the headline or subheadline in some way. But you yeah. probably, I mean, again, if you've only got seconds, you're not going to be able to put probably more than one or two keywords in there anyway. So be very deliberate about that. But don't let that get in the way of making it really easy for people to read and understand. Yeah. So. Clear and simple language, number one. Number two really bleeds into that, which is to make it as easy as possible to navigate. That's number two, make it as easy yeah. as possible to navigate. And why? Um, actually, HubSpot is one of you know, the kind of most well-known um, marketing firms. They do a ton of kind of content marketing. But one of the things they also do is surveys. And three quarters of the people that answered their survey on the homepage, like what was the... The number one thing, um, mm-hmm. it was actually on easy to navigate, making it easy as well. Wow. It's like, I think it was something like, yeah, 75% thought, and it just absolutely blew all of the other things yeah. that they want um, out of the Very water. Neat. So it's really, really important. And that really, you know, so that's why simple, clear language plus basically simple, clear navigation. Exactly. Uh, they're sort of hand in hand, but they make a big, big difference. What are your thoughts on navigation? Like, what does that tend to look like, even with like a tutoring company or an education company? I mean, you don't. It depends. It depends on the 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 company, but you don't really need that many, um, you know, your buttons and, and fields and, and pages, um, you know, for people to go to. Uh, you know, you can have kind of sub pages, but you know, people want to know what courses you offer. Um, the price, um, maybe about you, um, so about the school, student testimonials, reviews, and things like that. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, th- those seem to be kind of the um, the key topics um, that, that people want to know about. And, and obviously how to sign up, perhaps, how to register. Yeah, so there's like really like a hierarchy of needs. And I think particularly when you're setting up your navigation, you need to hit those in the right order. So there's no point in, you know, you, people need to understand what you do before perhaps how exactly you do it with the details. So don't start with the how you do things necessarily, unless that's a bigger part of what you do or the what is so obvious. Um, I think people get really confused when they have lots of different courses and lots of different mm-hmm. um, varieties and lots of different ways that they can set it up. I think that's really a recipe for disaster is when there's just far too much going on in terms of what you do um, and it gets in the way of somebody making a choice. Yeah. 
uh, I mean, uh, if you give uh, people a hundred choices, then they'll never make a decision, right? But um, if you, for example, showcase your best-selling product or your yeah. hero product, um, the course or the program that everyone buys, then at least you're leading them in the right direction. And if that doesn't suit them, then possibly on that particular or that specific page, you can have some other options for them. That's right. Uh, one of the other things when it comes to easy to navigate, uh, and I notice this a lot with websites, is there's no real... It's, it's particularly confusing when you arrive on a website where there's no clear priorities, no dominating text or information right. to read. I arrive on the home page and the headline and subheadline look about the same size and mm. they're the same color. And I don't know what yeah. one to read and I don't have enough time to read both, so maybe I bail. Um, mm. Again, I'm amazed how quickly people will bail on a website if they don't immediately see that it's right for them. Um, and I think color can have a big impact too. Sometimes people have a really nice, big, bold headline in black, but then they might have like an absolute fluorescent red, um, you know, subheadline or something. And, and I'm going to be drawn to that because I'll, I'll, I'm probably going to um, pr- prioritize my visual, you know, the, the visual part of my brain by looking at color before exactly. even signs. So you really mm. need to think about the, the colors, um, the size of, and the, the size not just of the text, but maybe of the content blocks. And really make sure that it's really got that hierarchy in mind. Like, hey, they really need to understand that they're in the right place. Um, and then this is the information you need to be able to need, uh, to be able to make the next step, which is probably learning more about whichever kind of online tutoring service that you're, you really offer is your number one. And then again, once they understand that, you don't want to start with price. Why would you want to start with price? You want to show, lead with value before you even start with price. Um, but you need to have pricing often um, for people to be able to make a decision. So you can't make that hard for people to find. Or again, they yeah. might go to multiple pages and then bail anyway. Mm. And I mean, on that, uh, not being afraid of negative space, um, which can be your friend, um, you know, white space. Uh, it can help you highlight different points. Uh, it can um, provide kind of a border between different sections. Uh, so, so don't think you need to fill up uh, every single white space with text or photos and um, get, get the most out of your website because uh, less is often more. I mean, just listen. I just left a bit of a pause there just to show you what a big difference it makes when you do give somebody a breather, give somebody a chance to really listen in to that next point. And I think it's the same thing. It's the equivalent of the pause uh, when you're speaking is that white space when you're on a website. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about clear, simple language. We've talked about making things easy to navigate. The next point, are, uh, the number three must have is meaningful, real visuals. <laughs> um, we said visuals rather than necessarily just images because Videos can work incredibly well on home pages too, um, mm. if they're if they're done really well. And again, you would have to have the same. I would use all of the same techniques that we've here. The the the, the top must haves you'd put in that video as well, right? Like, is it? Are you going to be making it really clear what's in, what you do and how you offer it 
in that video? Are you making it really easy to navigate or uh, it's very easy to understand you know, how your product and, and your pricing and your um, product is all put together? Um, what, what else do you have in terms of meaningful real visuals for us, Herbert? I mean, I always say that I think in every single uh, webinar or live Q&A or podcast, I, you know, there's that one point where I say, please use authentic <laughs> uh, assets, um, you know, photos and videos of real students, parents, tutors, um, because the, the parents want to see that you're actually teaching real, real students. They want to see other parents um in their position, maybe struggling with uh, their, their child's progress in a, in a particular subject and the transformation that uh, that student went through before signing up for your tutoring service, during and then afterwards. So um, also tying in with a little bit of storytelling, I know we were um, speaking about this before, um, how powerful uh, telling stories is, and you can do that through the visuals as well. And, and one other thing that is also quite effective, um, and can be used, uh, very well is, uh, you know, infographics. Um, you don't necessarily have to have real photos of students and teachers and parents for everything, but, you know, showing a process, showing, um, guiding people to the next step. An infographic can be an excellent, um, way of doing that. That's clever. Um, one of the things, uh, but saying that though, with your infographic, I wouldn't put that in the way of people. Like education is a very person, to, and particularly if you think about tutoring, it is a very face to face. It doesn't mean you yeah. have to be in person, but it's very face to face. It's very human to human. And I think if you take that away and you only, mm. for example, put infographics or you only put illustrations, it can really damage um, that sense of, well, I, I want you know, if it's a parent buying, I want my, you know, I want my kids to have a, a, a tutor and they need, you yeah. know, and they may have like a vision of what that looks like exactly. in their mind. And you might need to test some of those images as well. So all of these things you can test, by the way, mm-hmm. to be able to find what the actual sweet spot is for your particular target market. Um, one of the other things I did want to just bring up, I was totally shocked um, at, <laughs> what a big difference real visuals would have. I mean, I thought, you know, when you're talking about this before, Herbert, you know, yeah, real images are important, but there was a, there was a survey that found that photos of real people outperform stock photos by 95%. That is insane. Incredible. Finally, I have something to back up my, I preach about this all the time. And finally, I, you know, something to to um you know prove it <laughs> i mean does that match your own real sort of experience as well i mean you basically do advertising on behalf of language schools and education right. companies like day to day so this is the thing you're constantly experimenting with and tell me about your experience then right so i mean we we test everything right we we, we don't only test authentic real images and, and, and videos. And I know that some companies, some schools and tutoring agencies have a, a difficult time getting their hands on those authentic images. I know how difficult it is to, to get people to send in photos of themselves. Um, so, you know, we, we don't have any other choice but to, you know, supplement with some stock images and it can work. 
Um, what we've been testing in the last couple of months is um, a, a little text in the in the photos, just to, to guide people and to call people out. So when they see that photo of a real student or of a teacher, but with that um, supporting text on on the photo, they know, okay, this is for me. This is not just a, you know, whatever, um, a company selling, you know, something I don't need. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, it's all about um, testing. And I, I know that I said previously, probably last year, you know, don't use you any have, text by the way, photos. I have, I know, I know. But um, things That's change. That's the point in testing, though, right? In testing, it is a dynamic uh, digital landscape, and what worked a year ago might not necessarily work today. So yeah. you've got to be on the ball and always be testing. I love it. I love it. So <laughs> keep those meaningful visuals. Um, this was, by the way, a tip more for advertising than, say, for your homepage. Mm-hmm. Um, on your homepage, yeah. But actually on your homepage, almost Always, from what I've seen, that the text and the and the image are either one over the other or so close that they're like, hey, this the text is is backing up whatever the image is, or right. vice versa. Sure. Yeah. So we've talked about um, visuals. Now we're going to talk about the last key ingredient. Again, a thing that really excites Herbert, which is to add social proof. Herbert, mm. this is you, mate. Definitely. Uh, I mean, especially when it comes to tutoring, uh, that is so important. Um, if you're not able to build trust with parents, then, then, you know, who is behind this company? Who are the, the tutors that are going to be, you know, in the classroom, uh, handling my, 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 um, kids? Um, then, you know, you've, you've lost that sale. So you've got to get those real testimonials from, students and parents you've got to put in um accreditations that you have so logos of any of those uh organizations or affiliations um and using third-party review platforms also very effective um uh, because sometimes uh posting a, a student testimonial or, or or a parent testimonial I mean, at the end of the day, you could have written that testimonial. But having, say, a Google site or a Trustpilot um, site that has you know, hundreds of testimonials from real customers, um, you know, there's, there's no comparison to that. So, yeah, and, and I think it's sort of like um, people kind of read between the lines, right? So when you write something on your web page, people are like, yeah, that's your job. You should put it there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they do look at a third party, like I did see one of the tutoring websites was really big on their trust pilot, I think, um, star yeah. rating. And one of the reasons that is is because it indicates that, hey, I, this is the thing I don't have any control over, and look yeah. how amazing this result is. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it works really well. But either way, social proof sells totally. It's proven time and time again, and it's definitely proven in your own experience as well, if I'm not mistaken, Herbert. Absolutely, absolutely. Bit really big on on social proof and and leveraging any of those testimonials and assets that you have to build trust. That's it. So, if we want you to take away a couple of ideas, it's your homepage needs to convey two things incredibly well: um, a very clear mer- uh, clear message mm-hmm. and trust. 
Um, so when we were talking about it before, clarity in terms of your language, in terms of your navigation, and, and probably also that bleeds into the visuals, and then trust, yeah. which really does come from the visuals mm -hmm. and particularly all of that social proof. Um, and the fact that you can test all of these things and be open to change. I really appreciate that, Herbert. And, and by the way, I, I also picked a couple of things out of this, which I really enjoyed for, for LearnCube's website. I know that there's some areas for Im improvement, and we kind of talked about one, which was really like actually uh, we, we were talking more like the benefits and, and features and kind of making that a really clear difference between mm. potentially the LearnCube virtual classroom and online school and then say what, Zoom or a kind of collection of other systems put together would be in like making that a really clear distinction and making that very visual and yeah. really on the homepage because that might be the number one thing that people are are considering. And for you, Herbert, yes, I had a couple of ideas. What 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 was your <laughs> number one takeaway when you looked at your? Yeah, I mean, I I think my website might be uh is is too text heavy. Um, so maybe cutting back on the text adding in some visuals and perhaps even a video to uh, succinctly explain uh, my offering. That's brilliant. I mean, actually, if you are interested as well, check out our website. There's <laughs> definitely some areas to improve. Yeah. Uh, mine is uh, www.learncube.com. And mine is herbertgoza.com. So thank you for listening in. Um, we really appreciate you, um, you know, taking the time and en enjoying a bit of a conversation with Herbert and I on this podcast, on the Get More Students podcast. Uh, our total goal is to give insights, inspiration and motivation to tutoring companies and to language companies in order for them to get more students and grow their business. We release a new episode every week, so please subscribe to our podcast and you'll get a new shiny episode in your little uh, podcast inbox every week. So see you next time. Yeah, catch you in the next one.